Hey everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. This is episode number 28 of our YouTube channel and podcast, and I could not be more excited uh, to continue talking to you guys and, and teaching you uh, about personal finance topics that uh, hopefully are, are edifying to you, hopefully are, are helping you to grow forward in your financial life and, and grow forward towards financial freedom and good financial habits. Today, we're going to talk about something that uh, is very interesting and, and very useful uh, to most people, and that is another place that we can put uh, our money potentially, and that is IRAs. Now, many would say that this is uh, standing for individual retirement accounts, and, and most people will say that that's the case. The IRS defines it as individual retirement arrangements. Either way, that's the topic of this video, and we're going to dive right in. Before we get started, though, if you could go down below, uh, click the subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments. If you're listening to this on the podcast, make sure you subscribe there on either Apple or Spotify podcasts. Uh, also, follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan. I post a lot of good stuff there. Uh, and if you want to work with me uh, on financial coaching and you, you want to start a dialogue about your uh, financial life with me, then you can do so. Uh, just go to my website, www.mnowithdylan.com, and you can sign up for that there. Now let's do a little IRA 101. So IRA basics. First and foremost, tax advantages, right? So people use IRAs for tax advantages, either to defer current taxes or to uh, get rid of future taxes, to forego those future taxes. And so individuals may put money into IRAs in order to do those types of things. Additionally, they, they will allow your money to grow with no taxes and, and no capital gains tax. And, and that can be a really advantageous thing as well. And there are three major types of IRAs. So there's traditional, there's Roth, there are rollover. IRAs. And then there's SEP and SIMPLE, and those are some lesser known, lesser used types. But we're going to focus a lot of our attention on traditional and Roth, and then rollover as well um, can, can play a part. So what the traditional IRA does is you put money in that is pre-tax money. So you may actually put money in that is after tax to you, but you will get a tax deduction based on what you put in. So it turns it into pre-tax money. And so you put in pre-tax money, it grows tax deferred, so you don't pay any taxes on the growth. But then once you go to pull the money out at retirement, then you have to pay your income tax rate on that money. Roth IRAs, however, you put in after-tax money. Um, and so there's no tax deduction today, but you put in after-tax money, money you've already paid taxes on. It grows tax-free. And then the distributions or the withdrawals are also tax-free. So it allows you to have tax-free money in retirement, uh, which can be extremely useful as well. That's why I like Roths a lot. Also, there's the rollover IRA, and that is going to be when um, you have a, a different IRA somewhere else or you have a, a 401k or 403b or some kind of employer-sponsored plan that you can roll into uh, an IRA and uh, you can do that through a rollover IRA. So then what about putting money into these accounts? Well, with a, a Roth or a traditional IRA this year, 2020, you can put up to $6,000 if you are below the age of 50. If you're 50 or older, you can put uh, another thousand, so you can put $7,000 annually into an IRA. And what a lot of people don't know is, let's say, 
just one spouse works and the other doesn't or the other one doesn't make much income at all, uh, then what, what can happen is the spouse that is working and that's uh, making money for the household, they can fund a Roth or a traditional or whatever for both spouses. So uh, if the contribution limit is 6000 annually, which it is currently, that means you could put up to $12,000 a year uh, between you and your spouse into IRAs, which can provide really good tax advantages for you. Now, in order to contribute, uh, you must have some type of earned income, which is why I brought up the income thing with the spouses, uh, because even though the one spouse may have no earned income, if they are a married filing jointly uh, household, then the other spouse can contribute for them in their name, even though they don't have earned income. And you can contribute for a particular year up until tax day of the next year. At least that has traditionally been the way that the IRS allows it. They'll allow you to contribute up to that April 5th, 15th date has been what it is. I know it was in July this year due to the uh, COVID-19 stuff, but um, just know that you could up to tax day typically uh, contribute to an IRA for the previous year. And you're not required to contribute consistently to an IRA to keep it. You cannot contribute at all and have an IRA and that would be perfectly fine. Um, there are some some very simple uh, age restrictions on IRAs as far as uh, when you can contribute. Uh, you can't continue contributing to an IRA uh, if you are not working, if you do not have earned income. Uh, and so that that's, we talked about that. You have to have earned income in order to contribute uh, but but age doesn't necessarily play a factor until you get into required minimum distributions, and we'll talk about that moving forward. Now, contributions for Roth IRAs do get phased out if your income uh, exceeds a certain limit, and so uh, just be aware of that. So for the, the current year, they start to be phased out at $124,000 of income for an individual and $196,000 for a couple. And that, that just begins the phase out. That doesn't mean you can't contribute anything. That just means you can't contribute the entire amount. And so make sure you check out those, those uh, income limits before investing in an IRA. Um, also, traditional IRAs, uh, they have tax deductions, like I said, right? Well, those deductions are phased out as well, um, but those are dependent on income and your coverage by a retirement plan uh, at your job. So um, both of those things are, are taken into account there. So you may not be able to get that deduction that the traditional is offering, and so it may not uh, do you the most good um, over the long term if your income is too high. So let's talk about distributions. Well, distributions from an IRA cannot happen uh, tax-free and penalty-free uh, before age 59 and a half. And so 59 and a half is the point at which uh, you can take money out uh, without penalty. And that's from either a traditional or a Roth. Now, these distributions are, are not required ever uh, unless it's in a traditional or rollover IRA. So for a Roth IRA, there's no requirement to take a distribution. You can just leave money in a Roth forever and allow it to grow uh, if need be. Uh, but for the traditional and the rollover, what you have to do is you have to uh, take required minimum distributions. You may see RMDs 
uh, at age 72. They've actually bumped that up now. It used to be 70 and a half, now it's 72. Uh, and what that is is some percentage of the amount of money that you have, and it's on an increasing scale every year that you have to make sure that you take out of those accounts. Basically, it's Uncle Sam wanting his money, right? You, you haven't paid taxes uh, on that money yet, and they want to make sure that when you pull money out of the traditional, and like I said earlier, that uh, incurs personal income tax, uh, then the, the government will get their money, the IRS will get their money. And so um, that's just a, a particular uh, rule that they have. But with the Roth, there's there's no um, issue. You don't have to pull money out ever if you don't want because that money's tax-free afterwards. So why would the government care? Why would the IRS care to get their hands on that? And with the IRAs, the distinct advantage that they have is that the investment choices in them are almost unlimited. So you can invest in anything that your brokerage firm or the company that is uh, the custodian for your IRA uh, will allow. And so that, that's, a, that's a huge advantage and can allow you to grow your money in a way uh, that maybe you can't in an employer-sponsored plan or something where investment choices are more fixed. And what's really cool about IRAs, and I, I tell people about this from time to time, if you're gonna buy something like individual stocks or you want to do some basic trading of stocks i say trading but i mean you know investing but you may have a little higher turnover in the that investing if you're investing in individual stocks or st something like that then you can do that within an ira and not incur the taxes um, that you would have to pay in like a brokerage account because the tax deferred nature of the growth or the tax-free nature of the growth with the Roth will allow you to not incur those capital gains taxes, which is a really awesome benefit. You just have to know you can't get your hand on the on uh, the money until you're 59 and a half, which is uh, a disadvantage to doing that over the brokerage account. But uh, if you're growing for the long term, you could definitely do that there, and that could pro that can keep you from paying a lot of taxes in the long term. So, how are IRAs distinct from employer-sponsored retirement plans? Well, first off. The employer doesn't give any contributions now, unless it's a SEP or simple, but we're kind of pushing those to the side for now um, because those have more to do with providing your, uh, your particular employees with some benefit, especially for smaller companies. Uh, so I don't want to dig too far into those, but for the you know, regular situation, for the normal individual, uh, the, the advantage that the employer-sponsored plan has is that you may have a match, but with IRAs, it's all you. You're putting the money in and you have to rely on what you put into it. Another distinction from employer-sponsored plans are lower contribution limits. So like I said, for the IRA, it's 6,000 if you're less than uh, 50 years old and if you're 50 or older, it's 7,000. Well, for a lot of employer-sponsored plans, it's like 19,500 this year. And so that's a, that's a big difference that you see and so you may meet the max on an IRA quite easily. And so you meet that max and then, you know, you may have to move somewhere else to complete your investing. And, and that kind of stinks, uh, especially given some of the advantages of investments and things like that. Another distinction is the Roth has income restrictions. Now, I've, I've said previously, there, there is a weight around that. There is the, the backdoor Roth IRA uh, where you contribute to an after-tax traditional and then just immediately convert to a Roth IRA. And that, that wouldn't incur uh, any kind of penalty due to uh, income restriction. But 
there's no income restriction even in place for some Roth 403B or 401k or things like that. But they put those in place for the, the Roth IRA. So they make it a little trickier to get money into uh, Roth assets with an IRA than they do the employer-sponsored plans. Another distinction is you're not hindered by bad investment choices. So uh, you can open an IRA with whatever brokerage company you'd like. Uh, you, like I said earlier, you can invest in just about anything that you'd like uh, within reason. So um, there, there's no hindrance on what you can invest in, and it's not going to keep you from growing your wealth in a, in a great way uh, where employer-sponsored plans may have really bad investment options. And that may stink. That may be a, a downside to your particular plan, uh, but you won't uh, come across that with IRAs if you do your homework well. Another distinction is deductions are not coming from your check uh, with the IRA. That, that's going to have to come from your bank account. And so there's going to be a little more friction to investing in an IRA than there will be in a 401k because the 401k is going to be preset with your employer. And so it's going to be a little easier for you to put money into that account, you know, paycheck after paycheck. But with the IRA, even though you can set up an automatic withdrawal from your checking account or from your savings account or whatever, you're still going to see those numbers happening. You're still going to see that deduction. So there's a little more friction to that investing that, that is not the case with an employer-sponsored plan. Then an, another difference between the employer-sponsored plan and the IRA is that uh, distributions are later for the IRA. So uh, I said in yesterday's video that the 401k or 403b uh, typically will start allowing distributions at age 55. Well, the IRA doesn't, doesn't allow distributions until 59 and a half. So that's a four and a half year difference to where if you wanted to retire earlier, the employer-sponsored plan is going to do you a lot of good um, and the IRA won't do you as much good uh, until you reach that 59 and a half mark. And what this does is it makes the need for bridge investing more relevant. And what do I mean by bridge investing? It's putting money into like a brokerage account or um, real estate or something like that that's going to provide you income in the years between retirement and that 59 and a half number if you retire a little earlier. And we'll talk more about bridge investing as we move forward, uh, but I just wanted you to have a, a quick taste of, of what that is and, and why it might be useful to you. Also, relative to employer plans, IRAs are really cheap when it comes to fees. So you can uh, typically find mutual funds and ETFs with lower expense ratios. Uh, you won't have to pay as much in management fees and custodial fees and things like that. They can be expensive if you're not careful. So I don't want to just put a blanket statement of they are cheap. It's not necessarily true. Uh, but what is true is that if you do your homework, if you pay attention, uh, you can spend a lot less in fees. And we talked the other day about how it's so important to uh, minimize your fees that we, we just need to be very diligent about paying attention to how much we're we paying in fees uh, why is this important? Why should we be minimizing fees and, and how can we maximize returns? And so typically with an IRA, you can minimize those fees a lot better than you can and you have a lot more control than you do uh, in an employer-sponsored plan. Then something particularly interesting about an IRA that you're not going to find in a 401k or 403b is that there are investment minimums. And so what do I mean? So uh, let's just take, for instance, a Vanguard mutual fund. So the typical Vanguard mutual fund has about a $3,000 minimal investment. And there are some that have a $1,000 minimum investment, but um, several of them have a $3,000 minimum investment. Well, 
if that same mutual fund is being held inside a 401k plan, your minimum investment required is zero. There's no minimum investment required. So you can start putting in, you know, $100 a paycheck or whatever, however much you end up putting in. And it can be invested into that particular mutual fund because it's pooled money within the plan. Uh, but if it's just you and an IRA, then you have to come up with the whole $3,000 to put in that mutual fund. That's why in an IRA, for smaller investors, ETFs can be really useful uh, because you only have to buy the price of the share, which can be far more reasonable like you know, $70, 80 90 $100, $200 per share. Uh, so you can get the same exposure for cheaper, um, but it, it just works a little different than a mutual fund. So you have to be aware of that, that there, there are minimums uh, to your investing in an IRA, and you may have to get a little more um, fancy with how you're going about investing and invest in some ETFs early on in investing uh, within an IRA. Now, early withdrawals are penalized and taxed when it comes to IRAs. So with a traditional IRA, you're going to uh, pay your income tax rate and a 10% penalty. And so a lot, a lot of times the amount of money that you end up taking out, you're going to pay out, you know, close to 40% of that money in, in general, you know, in a, in a normal situation. And, and that's going to stink. We don't want you to, that's like, you know, borrowing money at 30%, 40%. And we really don't want you to have to do that. Uh, so in general, it's a bad idea to be doing that. Now with a Roth uh, IRA, it's a little different. Uh, there's a five-year rule on Roth IRAs. If you contribute money to a Roth IRA and then that money's still in there five years later, you can take your contributions out uh, with no taxes, no fees. Um, and that, that's a particular advantage that they have. But I still would say leave the money in there. Let the money compound. Compound interest is so important. You don't want to be taking away from your compounding by taking money out. Uh, I want you to be compounding all the money that you can. Uh, so leave the money alone. Leave it in there. That's why we build emergency funds. So if we need money, we can get our hands on it. And then also, I, I do want to touch on the, the rollover IRA. So let's say that you've been saving money in a 401k all of these years, and then you stop working for a particular company. You could keep that 401k around, but there's some advantages to IRAs that maybe you want to take advantage of, like the uh, greater investment options and lower fees and things like that. So you can roll over an old employer-sponsored plan into an IRA. So especially, let's say it's a traditional employer-sponsored and a traditional IRA, then you would roll the traditional into the traditional. There's no tax implications, and it's a direct transfer rollover into that account, and that's a rollover IRA at this point. Now, if you have any Roth assets in a 401k or 403b or whatever it may be, then those have to be rolled into a Roth IRA. So you need like-kind assets is what they, what they call it, in like-kind. You need them to be the same. That way, uh, the tax treatment of them is, is the same because you don't want to get your assets mixed up and stuff that you thought was going to be Roth get put in a traditional account and then you have to pay taxes on it later. That's just, that's no fun. Uh, we want to keep the tax advantages that we work so hard to get. So the process of doing this is actually really easy. What you would do is you would go to a brokerage firm or a website for a brokerage firm that, that you may use and you would open uh, an IRA with traditional or Roth uh, in uh, your own name and fund it with the money from the employer-sponsored plan. And they'll give you the options of how do you go about 
uh, how do you want to go about funding this? And it will be a direct transfer rollover of those funds uh, into that account. And then, um, then you can wait for that money to be transferred. It will be, you, you know, you may have to do some paperwork. It may be kind of paperwork intensive, but then that money will be given uh, into that account. Your old account, your old 401k or 403b, whatever will be closed out. And then what you can do is you can invest the money in that IRA uh, how you please. So it's important to know that this is an option uh, because maybe you are paying a lot of fees in your 401k and maybe uh, you do, you know, you do lack investment options in your 401k and uh, maybe you want your money to be somewhere where it grows better. Maybe you just left a job and you went to a new job and you're, you know, in your peak earning years and you know that the old 401k is not very good. Well, let's go ahead and get it into uh, an IRA that's going to allow it to grow well and, and do a lot of good things that that old 401k wasn't allowing it to do. So there are some distinct advantages there to rolling over your funds into an IRA and that can be done. No tax implications, no issues. Um, you just have to know the right words to use and know that when you're going through the process of funding it uh, with the new brokerage firm uh, that they will ask how you want to do it and you want uh, this to be a direct transfer rollover in like kind. IRAs are just so malleable and so flexible and they give you a lot of different options that you may have not had otherwise. And so uh, they can be a great uh, asset to you and, and can help you to grow forward uh, in your financial life, but they may need to be used alongside other types of investments in order to uh, maximize the advantages and the benefits to you uh, in the long term. Because like we've talked about in today's video and yesterday's video, there are distinct advantages and disadvantages to different investment accounts. And, and I don't want you to think that uh, everything's a one size fits all and you can just invest all of your money into one type of account and that's what's going to be best for you. It may be, but the answer is probably not. It, it, there's probably a distinct balance that you can uh, find between your investment accounts that will do you the most good long term. But IRAs can definitely play a part in that and can do you a lot of good, provide you tax advantages, a lot of control of your money, and a lot of flexibility with how you invest. So hey guys, thanks again for watching. Don't forget to subscribe, like this video, leave me any feedback that you would like to in the comments and, and I'd be glad to hear uh, anything that you have to say there and I'll, I'll be sure to respond to you. Also, subscribe if you are on Apple or Spotify podcasts and, and uh, you're listening there or if you want to go listen there, just make sure you go and, and you subscribe there and leave me any reviews that uh, they allow you to leave. Um, that'd, be, that'd be really awesome. I appreciate that. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan and you can check out the content that I'm posting daily there and uh, there's a lot of good stuff. So uh, hopefully you can uh, get a hold of some of those uh, little uh, pieces of, of you know, knowledge and wisdom that I'm, I'm putting out there. Uh, also, if you want to work with me face to face, if you want to get some financial coaching help, uh, check out my website, www.mnowithdylan.com, and I'd be glad to help you with, uh, with anything that you need um, surrounding your financial life, um, and, and we could really get you building some good financial habits and, and some good spending habits and some good saving and giving habits moving forward and provide you a good amount of financial balance. So tune in for tomorrow where I'm going to start talking about brokerage accounts, another place where you can put your money uh, that may be particularly useful to you. And then check out the clips of videos throughout this week that I'm going to post on Saturday and Sunday that will be in a smaller chunk. And maybe it will give you a reason to go and uh, watch some of these videos that are longer and more detailed and, 
and you'll want to dig into the topics a little more. So check those out. Those will be coming out uh, Saturday and Sunday this weekend. Guys, I'm really thankful for you. I really appreciate you watching. Uh, the, your viewership is it's really uh, important to me, and I, and I really uh, enjoy uh, hearing the feedback from you guys that I'm getting. I'm just really, really grateful, really, really thankful, and uh, glad that you all watch. Uh, so thanks for tuning in to this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.